Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mulan or Aladdin? Uh, Aladdin. Last one. Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld? Larry David. <sighs> really sort of took the piss there with the amount of time you took. No, you asked me You're not the... allowed to think. Exactly, but what, why? I told you not I to think. I have no opinion about Attack well, of the Clones. It's about gut. Yeah, it's like, about gut. I'm not seeing. You disrespect the game, and frankly, you disrespect yourself. I'm sorry, guys. I can't. I can't, I can't give you I'm an answer. Sorry to the audience. There is no gut feeling if I've not seen the film. Yeah. 102 Dalmatians. No good. You had it here first. The live action. The live action sequel to 101 Dalmatians. I, I didn't think I'd have to explain that to you, but here we are. They might have made a... Oh, anime. is there an animated 102 Dalmatians? I, I don't think so. I, 101 Dalmatians? Great. You got... Is it great? Is it great? The live oh, action? yeah. You know, you know what? It's not. It's not I've great. not seen it since I was however old I was when it came out. Glenn Close. Gets stuck in a big slice of cake at the role. <laughs> Yeah. Hugh Laurie. Cake. Hugh Laurie's yeah, in Hugh there as Jasper and, and, and Horace. Yoan Gluffath. As the, is, is it, is it Yoan Griffith? And Jolie Richardson. No, that he's in 102. Yoan Griffith is in 102. It's it's Jeff Daniels in 101. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it Jody, it's not Jodie Richardson in the first one? I then? think it's Jodie Richardson in the first one. What, she, I don't oh, know. she kept 101 Dalmatians, but she got divorced. <laughs> I bet it's a recasting. You're right, it's Jeff yeah. Daniels. And then 102 Dalmatians. It's with Yoan Griffith. Griffith. Jim Carter in there? I think it's Griffith. Griffith and Tim McInerney. Oh, Sorry, I said though. that really slowly. <laughs> hang on, I don't see any Jodie Richardson in there. Oh, it's Alice Evans. Alice, who? Uh, who, yeah. Not, which I read as Alice Eve, but no. Alice Evans, of course, famously married. Whoa! To, whoa! Married to Yoan Griffith. <laughs> what a revelation. Between 2007 and divorce this year, sadly. Hang on. <laughs> Where did 102 Dalmatians? This Hang just on. keeps turning. <laughs> There's more twists to this. 102 Dalmatians yeah. came out in the year 2000. Whoa. Which means that I guess Ewan Griffith and Alice Evans dated all that time. And then 2007. You don't know married. that. I don't. I don't, you know, don't that. know that. But I'm assuming, based on the facts, the dates. We assume they, they met. We assume they must have met. We assume they set. met on set. Or got close on set. But I assume they then started a relationship and seven years later got married. And they have been married until this year. So 101 Dalmatians, much more closely tied to the Disney cartoon. Yes. 102, the live action sequel. Tied to nothing. Basically tied to nothing. You've got Glenn Close is the sort of, you know. Close. Close. Not close. Close. Close the door. (laughs) I've always said it close. No, it's close. Like, like. Glenn Close. No, I feel no, like no, it sounds no, that, more sophisticated. That sounds no. I am Glenn Close. Glenn, Glenn Close. <laughs> Glenn Close. Like close. Like I live down the close. <laughs> what? You know, like a road is a close. I, oh, like, I, live, cl- I live down Glen Close. I would have just said I'm close to you. Yeah, yeah okay. But do you know when people live down a close? <laughs> yeah, but it's I an English road. Say. It's an English street. Oh, I live down. Tarpery Vale. Oh, I really, I live down close. I'd be close. like, you're a bit close to me. Yeah, no, you, yeah I wouldn't say you're... you're Do you think those two are getting a bit close? A bit close, as you would say. Close. No, yeah. going close. <laughs> anyway, why did we... You lost my train of thought. <laughs> we, we were... It's 102 episodes. Right. 102 Dalmatians. We've just realised it's quite an extensive recast, apart from Glenn Close or Close, depending on... It's close. I'm sure you're right. I know I'm right, because there's no way that's close. Unless you were like, told me that it was like Latvian, and it had a little funny accent on it, and it'd be like, Glenn Close. Glenn? She's not Latvian. I would... I'm... Pronunciation. 100% sure she's not Latvian. Oh! Don't tell me. No, she's not. You ready? Close. Oh, close. But it went like K-L-O-W-S, like close. Also, that's a computer. I don't yeah, care. Close. close. Yeah, close. There's, I didn't think I'd have to have this conversation with someone. <laughs> Welcome to our episode 102. Of, and you, I know what you're thinking. Wow, those guys have lost 100 focus. And they, really, they really went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Have you listened to the Dalmatians episode yet? Yeah, they've really yeah. lost the plot. As if people are discussing us. <laughs> they might do. Like the they news. might be what's, whatsapping amongst their friends. They've shared it too. That would be cool. And they'll be saying Could things you like... Believe? Did you believe what, what they George said? said? I haven't caught up yet. Oh, you know what? I stopped listening after yeah. they, um, I don't know, after they had episode fifty. 
Can you hear us about Five Nights at Freddy's? Which George is reviewing later today. I've not told James anything about what I feel And like I'm also going to be reviewing the Marvels. Yes. Multiple. Mm. And we'll have a bonus this week. Oh, yeah, bonus. Big bonus. Talking well, about bonus. Uh, <laughs> Loki season two in yeah. spoiler glory. Mm-hmm. I'll also give my quick thoughts on last week's films, which, are, which was The Killer yep. and How to Have Sex. Yeah. Which I've both now seen. Lots of films out at the moment. Yeah. I remember this happened to us exactly this time last year. I'm going to the cinema every night this week. Yeah. Got Napole- we're seeing Napoleon this week, which yeah. should be fun. Next week's episode. Got Hunger Games, Saltburn. Are you going to see Hunger Games? I don't know if it has value to the audience because I don't want to see it. I, I... I have no attachment to that franchise. I yeah. wish it well, but I have no attachment. I wish it well. I, I saw, as you know, I rewatched one within six months on of a bus. recording on a bus and I thought it was good. And I think my, my opinion stayed the same, which is that the, the the actual everything else is more interesting than the Hunger Games. But I, I really do think, like I've watched the trailer for the Hunger Games when I've gone to the cinema, and I really do think that world is desperate to try and tell you it's more interesting than it actually is. Mm. It's so like, oh, what is it for? And why do we do it? And oh, the, the injustice. And the, the, All I can see from the new trailer is that the guy- The looks disparity like, of wealth. Yeah, the guy looks like um, Eminem. Yeah, he's, he's doing that, um, what's the face look now? The, the uh, Who's it in Scrapper? Jared, no, not Jared Harris. Harris Dickinson. Yeah. Yeah, Jared, there. Jared Harris Dickinson. <laughs> Jared Harris Dickinson. Sort of like short, blonde buzz cut from the Real Slim Shady video. That's so hot right now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just like, I'm like, do people care? Can, do you guys care? Well, do you want to hear we, about we, the we, Hunger we Games? Is about, it relevant? Well, we, when we talked about it at the beginning of the year, I think we mentioned it, someone did write in and they were like, Honestly, it's really good. The book, mm. the book it's based on is really good. Give it a shot. Give Hunger it a Games one. No, no, Hunger Games the new one. Oh wow! Right, yeah. yeah. yeah like, give it a shot. And I okay. Like, um, but you know, Peter Dinklage, big draw. For do me. you really want us to go and see a film that we have no connect? You know, like, or should we go and see something else? Does that provide value to sort of review it with quite a clean slate? Maybe we should or talk about this work? offline. Maybe we no? should. Yeah. But maybe so next debate. week we might have that. Anyway, yeah, you'll find out. We've got reviews coming your way now. That would have been a great one to put on the movie intros round of the quiz. What name the company? Pearl and Dean. Yeah, everyone knows that's Pearl and Dean. I don't think they do. I think they know the sound. I don't think they know it's Pearl and Dean. I think I think you know. No, no, no. I think I think movie savvy people know it's Pearl and Dean. Yeah, I don't know. I think some people would be like, "Shit, what is that?" Let's go to review. Let's go do review some of those movie films. Yeah. The Marvels. Sequel to Captain Marvel from 2019, a film that was often described as fine. Mm. I think I resented it a little bit for coming out in 2019 after Infinity War, before Endgame. Mm. And Infinity War ended on that really great hangover of half of everyone dying, Mm. (laughs) half the people dying. And I was like, okay, you've got the world's attention, biggest film ever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You've got this really cool halfway point in your story. It would have been so impactful if you had just left it for a year. Yeah. But not... Go on. No, I was just saying, I, I, we've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. I, I, know, I, t- I totally agree with you. It would have been really great. It, yeah. That does represent approximately like $1 billion missing from their balance sheet. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. So like, uh, they're never going to not, they're never going to do well, that. Well, you say that, but and I'll talk about this, re- we'll talk about this in a bit, but the recent slate of Marvel films, if they're not good, they're not running away with the money. That's true. That, that there's this, I think there's get like away with it slapping so a Marvel logo on it, currently as mm. it stands, based on early reportings of the Marvels, does not guarantee hundreds of millions at the box office. No. And definitely not for DC. But yeah, it sort of was there and it happened and I really wish they hadn't done a thing. And I guess you kind of had to know a little bit about who Captain Marvel was mm. to save Tony Stark at the beginning of Endgame. Whatever. Um, I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I remember I was like, oh, it's actually fine. Uh, I quite like enjoy Samuel L. Jackson in this. I think Brie Larson's kind of enjoyable as Captain Marvel. Anyway, this is the sequel many films later to that film, uh, but it's not necessarily a direct Can sequel I, to it. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just a bit about, um, I, I watched Captain Marvel. Mm. And I, I remember the post credit scene where she lands and she says, where's Fury, right? And then it yeah. cuts. And I didn't then realize that there was a, another uh, post credit scene where she like flies through space and like- God, I don't even remember I think that. that's I think that's what happens. Because basically when she turns up at the beginning of Endgame, I thought she just happened to find him. Was she literally on the way from the last credit scene? Yeah, we, we, I think we're, we're, we see her like flying off through space to look for him or she's given him his coordinates or something. Right. I, I could be yeah. completely wrong. But I, for a long time, I thought, oh, she just happens to find him in space. Then people are like, no, 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 that's set up. And I was oh, like, fine. Yeah. Also, sorry, to, before you get into your review, I um, have an okay relationship with Captain Marvel because okay. it was one of those times when the Marvel film really just hit the spot yeah. in the terms of I was really, I watched it at home. Yeah. 
very tired, long week, and I was away. And in my old flat, I used to have a sofa that pulled out into a bed, sofa bed, yeah. right in front of the TV. And this is when I was younger and could get away with this kind of wanton behavior. I four got years ago. Two, yeah. Five years ago. I got two... It's 2019. I got... Yeah, okay. Can I finish my story? <laughs> yeah, go on. I got two... Uh, shop bought dirty pizzas with oh, yeah. stuffed crust yeah. and I pulled that bed out and I ate both yeah. shop bought pizzas yeah. both uh, while watching Captain Marvel and now you think about the pizza every time you I, and that, no, that the whole combination everything about that evening just yeah. took the spot I look back now and I think I probably wouldn't enjoy Captain Marvel I definitely wouldn't enjoy two shop bought pizzas that would make me feel <laughs> terrible but as, as a moment in time oh youth I, I, I didn't do that That's not that wasn't a regular thing for me I just yeah. really needed it and I got you're like it. I'm going to have a me night Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Captain Marvel, a low me, stakes great. Marvel and entry Captain Marvel. If I don't like it, whatever. Put it this way: if you if you have two pizzas before any movie, you're gonna love it. Could be. If they're good pizzas. These were at the time. Anyway, so sorry, James. Captain, that's all right. We're here. We're we're rolling with it. So the Marvels. Um, God, honestly, George, the plot is like so boring. <laughs> just to like describe really? it aloud, it's just like not to just jump straight into my thoughts. But you've got okay. I've seen. All of the MCU films and some of the shows, okay? The yeah. shows I've missed are She-Hulk. I've seen one episode. And the Marvels I haven't seen. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel yeah. I haven't seen. And Hawkeye I've seen an episode of. Yeah. And then recently Secret Invasion I've seen an episode of. Really poor form in terms of starting things and not finishing them. But like I've seen all the films. And there's sort of this uh, sense of like, okay, how much do I need to know to get to the films I actually want to watch sometimes? And usually there's like something quite essential in them. And sometimes it's like, you literally could not have watched this yes. and you'd be absolutely fine. Or you could spend 90 seconds looking at an article. This is one of those films where like, you really don't need to see it to know about what's wow. happening. It alludes to something in the end that we already know is a foregone conclusion is going to happen. So it's just like Marvel saying, here's another nod for that thing you're very excited for. Go mad. If you are excited for it. Um, it's, it's, oh, okay, so you've got, I'm in Villani, who plays Miss Marvel. He's yep. actually uh, Kamala Khan, who actually really enjoying this. She brings a lot of light to it. You've got Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, and you've got um, uh, Tiona Paris as Monica Rambeau, who we saw in the uh, One Division series, was doing some magical yep. stuff. Through some sort of mismanaged powers, they get access to this bangle, which ties them up together in this thing where when one of them uses their powers. Mm they teleport to each other's location. Right. And it's all this comedy where like one of them's in a fight scene, one of them's at the family home, one of them's over here and they're using the powers. And now the other one is now in the fight scene. The other one's like bust into the family living room and it's like, what's going on? Mm. And honestly, the rest of it is so Cree rebellion and society being thing, just talking about stuff that just ultimately doesn't really matter when we're talking about what's important. You've got Zor Ashton, who is the villain Zoe of this. Ashton. Zoe Ashton, Zoe Ashton. I think it might be Zoe Ashton. Zoe I don't, Ashton. I don't think it's Zor. When Zor. you said Zor, then I thought that was the character's name. <laughs> I am Zor. Yeah. So Zoe Ashton. I think it's, I'm sorry, I believe it's Zoe Ashton. Thank you very much. Plays, check notes, Dar Ben, <laughs> who goes straight to the bottom drawer of Marvel villains, which is saying a lot. Like she's hanging out with fucking Malekith from <laughs> Thor 2 and even Ronan. She's basically a what female about, Ronan. What about she hanging out with uh, the stretched face? Uh, yeah, the, the, they're all having tea together. Just chill. Like, even for, and look, I, I like Zoe Ashton. I think she's really good, but she's just, she's doing what she can with the material she's got. And I think that's true for a lot of it. I've never really, I was bored watching it, really like mind was wandering, ready to leave. I've really like gone, oh my God, if you did ask an AI to create a Marvel villain mm. and a plot based on all of the films from before it, I genuinely believe a lot of this would come from that product. Wow. It's really quite um, just depressing and just not, not interesting to me. And ultimately, I think it just harms Marvel's brand. Mm. Like you're putting this film out, it's not making loads of money, it's not very good, it visually doesn't look very good. I really think the MCU needs like a whole studio rebrand. Like, you know, when you work for a brand and yeah. they give you some like brand guidelines of like, here's how we yes. shoot things. Like, I don't think the, the Marvels or a Marvel movie should look like a studio comedy that stars Jason Bateman and John Cena. Mm. Like, it's just very sort of like vanilla and uninteresting. And I think to even like Man of Steel, which is flawed, I think about God, how cinematic and beautiful mm. was that film? Even Eternals, which I didn't love. Oh, I'm like, great. it still looked really good. And I just like, I like, I don't, I'm not saying they should all look the same. Like I enjoy that James Gunn and Taika Waititi have got their own brand of space punk, mm. which is there. But I look at this and I just feel like Pete Davidson from SNL is going to bust through the wall and be like, oh, look, it's the Marvels. Uh. 
I just like it. What, what it looks like isn't compelling to me. There's some like hold elements of the plot which are just so side questy and like not relevant, mm. like time wasting. Like there's this there's this planet where all the characters sing, and if you want them to understand you, you have to sing to them, and there's like a sort of dancing thing. What hijinks! Wow. And like, I just, um, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not interesting about Marvel films. I really do think it damages the brand. Um, some of the actors are really are really giving it a go. It's directed by Nia DaCosta, who I think shot, uh, so I think directed Candyman. Mm. I, I almost don't really want to attribute so much of the director's work to this because I just think like it's it's just like we made it because we said we would. It's been on the list, so let's get it out. Um, yeah, I think what's quite sad is that I hear in your voice is like you really you. <laughs> You don't enjoy, like, not like, at all, like being this depressed about it. We really, no. you know, I, I look at that because also I, I can tell that, you know, individually those actors and all that stuff. You want yeah. them to come together and make I really something do. be more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um, I was thinking when you were describing it, it's like you've got a, a hero whose first film was, you know, ambivalent reception amongst yeah. people. So you have a hero, so you have a movie based on a hero we last saw four and a half years ago. Yeah, it's a long time. Well, the pandemic Endgame, end game, you can say four and a half yeah. years ago. Yeah. To 2019, yeah, James, Mr. Yeah. Date Corrector. <laughs> Four and a half years ago. Uh, pandemic in the middle. Then you've got two characters based off of shows, not movies. One of which was a show two years ago in which they weren't even a main character. No. They happened to get their powers in the last episode in a really sort of weird, vague way. Um, and in a way, when someone says, oh, I wonder why audiences aren't connecting to it. I'm like, well, what do you expect? Your, your, your pull to this thing mm. is really diffused. And you've got a little bit, you've got Captain Marvel over here, a little bit Miss Marvel. And I've been thinking a lot about like, I think one of the worst things that happened to the MCU was all the, was Disney Plus. Yeah. I think just diffused. what you mean. Because you had, a, you had a, like um, your audience coming together for the season finale that was Endgame. And then they said, what we're going to do now is we're going to, move half of it over to this other section where only some of you will move over to because not everyone's going to actually take the pull to Disney Plus but what you've done then and by continuing the narrative in those stories is kind of split your audience into Mm. two camps and that's why audiences get confused and detached because they're thinking oh well I I haven't caught up with that. I didn't see that and I didn't one. see I didn't see Miss Marvel. So I want to I be clear. I, there's not loads I'm missing out on from having not watched some of the shows. I no, I know. Before. But the yeah. impression you get is that there's just this sort of endless yeah. iterations that you're not privy to. That there's no sense of I don't know. I don't know. I just I think I, th- I think it doesn't help. No, and, it, and I just like the look of it again. Like it looks to me really unoriginal. But then similarly, I what we're going to talk about Loki later, and I look at that show, and I think it has a really cool and distinct well-designed look for it and the color grade and you could show me a frame of it and i'd be like that's loki it feels really intentional and distinct and then i look at this and i'm just like it's not appealing to me at all i don't think i'm being like a snob Mm. for cinematography i'm just like why are you letting such a lack of identity or like even trying to capture a little bit of like the waititi thing and do you think it's one of those movies that was just like the train was already moving before they thought about stopping it like that it was already in motion like they 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 greenlit it years ago They'd already started money on making it, and before it was before they actually thought whether or not this was a good idea, it was like, well, we're about to head into production. We've already done the pre-production, mm, like uh, a sunken cost syndrome. Yeah, but like you can't. I think I think they just can't choose quantity over quality. Like I do, I do think it's affecting them. And I, I, again, it's the same thing from the 2019 film. They would have been. It's way more impactful to to hold your characters mm. and save those moments for later. Really assess what's happening in the plot mm. and going, okay, does this need to happen to the characters to tell this really overarching story? And unfortunately, it's not that it doesn't serve the greater MC. MCU multiverse saga. It doesn't also work as a film in itself. Mm. So it's not like I'm saying it doesn't make sense for the, for the whole series, but it's a great standalone. It's a boring, unoriginal, really just bland solo oh, film. And it also, I just wish it could need, need to be there. And I, I don't want to rail on it, but I love it when these films are good. And I really think some of the great highs of the cinema watching experience are when these types of films are really great. But and I'm just like, why am I bothering to turn up? It should be better. It should when be. it's when it's get, got a two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, it really should do better. And also, like I did just watch Loki. We're going to talk about that later. I do believe that Marvel knows how to tell like original, yeah. sharp, switched on storytelling. I've seen you do it. You're thirty three films in. Yeah. You know what makes a yeah. good film. Like, why is this happening? Phase four or five or whatever yeah. we're in into your into your process. It's just quite strange. Do you not think there's an argument that it's about you just need. If we often talk about Marvel as like a TV show, right? Yeah. But the way that TV shows survive or at least sustain themselves is because they always have a break in the middle, right? No, sorry, a break over the summer. Let's just take a, I don't know, Friends for an example, right? Right, yeah. That show will always conclude in May. 
and right, come back okay. in September. Yeah, and yeah, every, yeah. that show can rely on a summer in which the actors and the writers and all the creative talent can go away, recharge, rejuvenate, miss the th- show, miss the show. <laughs> think about how they want to come back yeah. and then come back. But this has just been an endless conveyor belt for fifteen years, and and, yeah. and also a treadmill that's increasing with speed. Yeah. So it's kind of got to the point where even, you know, the creative juices are exhausted. Your audience is kind of exhausted. Mm. And you're right. Give it a little break. They had the chance to have a break and they're paying the cost for it by not totally by not doing that. I do agree. It's not fun to rail on a movie. And like, you know, Nigel Costa is an interesting filmmaker who has made some good stuff and all the talent involved, you know, fair play to them. Um, but the thing is, it is one of the big, it's, it's one of the biggest films made by one of the biggest studios taking up the biggest amount of space. Like, mm it's only fair for us to point out if it doesn't work and just i think a lot when i've reviewed uh the last few marvel films on this i've said like there's a couple i've enjoyed but a lot of them i've sort of had fairly similar thoughts on i've always said well you know they're kind of only as good as their last film Mm. but now actually when i'm looking at the last 10 films i want to just go through the last 10 films so we've got the marvels guardians 3 ant-man 3 Black Panther 2, mm. Thor Love and Thunder, oh. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, mm. Spider-Man No Way Home, mm. Eternals, mm. Shang-Chi, mm. Black Widow. Mm. So, and then the only one before that is Far From Home. So like, really, I would say I enjoyed Guardians 3. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home, but even like after, and then... I think that's that, it. I think that's it. So like wow, really, that's... you've had a run of films that I've most. I'm not saying I felt the same way I do about the Marvels. I think my Marvels review is very much fatigued by my other reviews yeah. of the last four ones. I thought Black Panther was okay. There were elements of it that were interesting, but mostly mm. actually quite generic. So I'm realizing it's, they're just having quite a poor run. Mm. Um, Difficult second album. This is the thing. This is yeah. the phase they're in. They've had the yeah. big, the big one. Now it they're... is such a second album syndrome. You're right. They need that's the, they need a big reset they need something humbling big. they need yeah. a humbling they, yeah. need, they need yeah eminem's recovery album that's it yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. they need yeah mm. so i think next up we've got we've got deadpool 3 next year that's the next one in according to wikipedia it's, it's, a been pinch of back, salt. it's been pushed back by the strike yeah I mean, it's been so 20- july 6 2024 is what it's showing us we've also got captain america brave new world that's also been beset pushed. by delays yeah and- um we've got fantastic four thunderbolts blade Blade, Blade is apparently is in, in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I, I do think, like, separately, the show, I, I did, like, before, again, very unique circumstances with a very amazing, lots of amazing things coming together to make the Avengers 3 and 4. I look at the structure of that team, and I'm not sure who I'm really, like, leaning on as a, mm. as a hero to be, like, they're going to take the story forward. Mm. Spider-Man's in a very interesting place where nobody now remembers who he is, right? That's quite interesting. Could, could be cool yeah. to have. They remember Spider-Man. They don't remember Peter Parker. I th- yeah, sorry. Yeah, they remember Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. Sadly, we lost Chadwick Boseman, and I yeah. really think he would have been primed in a world before Black Panther Wakanda Forever came out. I feel like he would have been primed to take on that Captain America role. Yeah. I think you could also say that Captain Marvel would have taken on that Thor role as like an outer space being with amazing mm. godlike powers, Superman-esque powers. But I don't really see sort of the Black Panther replacement really holding the center of gravity. I don't really know how Tom Holland's going to come into it, especially because he was like cheated by Iron Man. Like I get the sort of step up and be a leader thing. I look around and I think Thor's running out of steam. Guardians are gone. The Guardians have basically been sunsetted. I don't know if they'll, they'll, they'll maybe come in for like a, a nice hero moment. I think they'll maybe get only, because they said Star-Lord will return. So you'll probably only get um, Chris Pratt. Yeah, yes, yeah. You've got Doctor Strange, who's quite an authority figure, but he was also very preoccupied with, like, the mysterious yeah. things beyond our world. So, like, is he a good lead? Do you know what I mean? Like, where do we go? Like, Thor kind of needs I, to... I think die. Die, <laughs> probably. Like, he I, should... He, yeah. Kang should just off him yeah. in the beginning and just be like, oh, yeah, I killed your mate. man like, he's, he's, he's great. He's a nice presence. I enjoy him. His last one was properly... Dog. Yeah, that was one of the worst. One of the worst. Modok, that was it. Mo- Modok, that was the name. Modok, the yeah. Oh my guy. god! Like they, they need to have a brand guidelines where they look at Modok and a big X next to it. Like yeah. here's what we, and then like other references include Scott Spy Kids 3D. Yeah. Like here's yeah. what we don't have our films look like. And then they need to show like what the films do look like. And so any director can basically I, get this brand. I pack. think we should also just say though. I know we are criticizing the way that. Uh, Marvel. We're talking about the way Marvel looks as a whole piece. We're not yeah. criticizing VFX artists who we absolutely know yeah. are under incredible Many reports of strain, stress and strain and 
rush haven't been made to rush projects work overtime on projects really, really not impressed with the, um, cg in this as well yeah put through yeah. the mill so when we say something looks terrible we're not specifically targeting vfx no. it's, it's a much grander kind of top to bottom a, a approach problem. to like how your film looks yes, and the type of story you want problem. to tell the whole the whole aesthetic of it that's that, where i'm at <laughs> James, thank you for your review of the Marvel Marvels. If you guys have seen the Marvels and you disagree with James or would just like to share your thoughts, please email in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. And I'm sorry it's not really fair to sort of for me to sit here and talk not that much about elements of the film specifically in terms of the plot and why it doesn't work because really my impression is that the film is not interesting in the first place so mm. not and it just for me is way more of a commentary mm. on the mcu as a whole so it's not really getting my attention i'm, I'm really not going to think about it ever again i'd never rewatch it mm. but george another film that's out this week yes let's do five nights at freddy's absolutely five nights at freddy's which um Compared to the Marvels, has actually done quite well at the box office. It's had a kind of positive reception. Five Nights at Freddy's, if you weren't aware, which I was not, based on an existing... Point and click. Uh, game, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Video game that has a huge following, deep, committed following um, to it that has expanded the lore and the the myth, the mythos around uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's is... Uh, set at a abandoned pizzeria called uh, Freddy Fazbear's and here it's uh, like a Chuck E. cheese equivalent yeah exactly yeah. and uh, it was it's defined by its mascot which is an animatronic uh life you know humans uh, probably like 9 foot tall oh, wow. animatronic bear and his cohort of an you know an animatronic hen an animatronic bunny etc and um a bit like in the video game where i believe you play a nighttime attendant security guard watching monitors trying to adjust the lights and security cameras because lo and behold these animatronic animals that have been stood on stage in this abandoned pizzeria come to life and james they are killer animatronic animals and um that's the kind of premise of the game and the premise premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie has Josh Hutchison from oh. The Hunger Games. Haven't oh. seen him in a while. Hey, Josh. And Zathura. Was he in that? I think so. Oh, wow, well, okay. And he uh, he plays the central character of... Uh, character, I've forgotten his name. Who is a security guard who loses his job at the beginning. And uh, Matthew Lillard plays this uh, career counsellor who... I'm just always like... Whenever I see Matthew Lillard, I'm like... You are better than Shaggy, aren't you? You are so much more interesting than <laughs> yeah. just playing Shaggy. Yeah, Every yeah. time I see this stuff, I'm like, yeah, you can do more. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Matthew Lillard says, well, I've got a job for you. It's it's only nights, and uh, but it's at this abandoned place, but it's very simple. Just make sure no one gets in and just watch the monitor. And Josh Hutchison reluctantly agrees to do it. He, he he's, he's looking after um, his sister, who's much younger sister, and he's having this sort of custody battle with um, this sort of very villainous... Cruella de Vil like actually aren't and yes you have this kind of kooky kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek premise at its heart of these you know grotesque smiling animatronic animals that we know come to life um, in the night while Josh Hutchison is there um, being the security guard so I went to see it with a couple of mates and um, it's funny I obviously you and I didn't really talk about these movies that we've seen separately this week and I didn't know what you were going to say about the Marvels because the thing with Five Nights with Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's, is that it is absolutely terrible. It is <laughs> by far, I think, the worst film I've seen since we've been doing this show. Whoa! It is profoundly dull. Wow! Stone cold, pulse deadening, dull. Okay, it's two hours, and if this film had been ninety minutes, I would just about be like, call it quits. But yeah. at two hours, it takes the bloody biscuit okay so first of all why is it so dull first of all not scary not scary at all you're you're you will be in a coma your pulse will never raise okay not scary okay well if it's not scary what else do you have um nothing there is so little things of interest i was watching and i was thinking of barbarian which we loved last Mm. year right great one of the best horror films we've seen in a long time And the thing is about Barbarian, what Barbarian showed is that there are many ways for a fil- horror film, multi-levels, to be enjoyable. Barbarian had genuine, good, creepy scares. Yeah. But it also had, like, a bit of shocking gore, you know, a bit of squelchy, horrible, nasty gore. Mm. And uh, as well as that, it had a good sense of fun, a good yeah. sense of playfulness, a good sense of humour, kind of a sick sense of humour. And I was thinking about other horror films I've seen. So 
It Follows, which is actually quite a serious film, is very playful with its yeah. premise, even though it's not a very humorous film. Evil Dead Rise, which I reviewed earlier this year, not a film I really liked that was very generic, but it had gore, 18-rated violence in it. it. When it wanted to get nasty, it got nasty. Yeah. And the same with Scream 6 earlier this year. Not a scary film, but incredibly fun and funny and, uh, you know, had gore to go with. This film has absolutely none of that. Zero, zero, zero. The plot is um, just unbelievably dull. It is um, incredibly slow, sorry, to start. The, the film, the film it, it just takes its sweet time to get anywhere. Really? So Josh Hutchison, you think about this premise, this central premise, I think actually has good horror bones. Yeah, to totally. It, right? But the film wastes so much time on this other plot about how Josh, Josh Hutchison lost his brother when he was a kid. He was kidnapped, right? I don't give a shit. And he's going through like dream therapy. He's teaching himself dream therapy that when he goes to sleep, he's trying to revisit the scene of his brother being taken away in Nebraska in like the 80s. And... And you would not believe the amount of time, James, we spend in really? this forest of, of his childhood trying to find this child. And and, and it, he's there and these children show up and you're watching thinking, but when are the, um, when are the killer animatronic animals going to come into this? And yeah. they're like, oh, in a minute, but Josh Hutchison is sleeping. So <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> and when, when the movie finally decides to be about the killer animatronic mm. animals. It's incredibly tame, not scary, not exciting. There's a, there's a kind of a scene of a kind of like- They look scary to me. Like from, you won't feel that way if no, you saw it. Yeah. After, there's like a kind of a break-in scene with some, you know, some hoodlums and <laughs> some, some hooligans. <laughs> yeah. And the, you know, the animatronic robots are going around and the, the interactions are incredibly tame. This film's a 12A, but honestly, some of the scares play like a PG. Really? And you're thinking, God, is that? Is that it? And there's 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 one there's one death I would say you sort of see in shadow in silhouette. But I'm thinking you really need to give me more. I'm saying if you're not going to be scary, you've got this really kind of tongue in cheek premise at your heart. Can you not be more playful with this? Mm. Can you not be fun with this? Or can you at least make the the, the kills really nasty just to, to give me something to mm. go on? I honestly I have not and seen. Twelve can be scary too. It's not yeah. an excuse. Loads. I, 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 I have not seen a film in such a long time that has offered so little, has given me mm. so little to work with. It was incredibly hard to get through this. Re a real really? slog. If I was not, if it was not for this show, James, I would have left. I don't normally do that in yeah. the cinema, but I would have gone to the pub with my friends. Yeah. I turned to my mate on the right. He fell asleep within 20 minutes. And I was uh, like, you lucky bastard. Yeah. You lucky, <laughs> Blissful lucky unconsciousness. Bastard. And he woke up about half an hour from the end and was like, oh no, it's still on. Really? Um, my mate to the left, we were really struggling. Have I met that mate? Is that Ollie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we, what we realized, we were like, we started counting how many nights at Freddy's we had left. So I was going, he was like, I think we've got two nights left. I was like, no, we've got three nights at Freddy's left. I mean, that some of the creative decisions in it are, are genuinely baffling, particularly really? in the last third. They, they do things which, uh, to use a frank British phrase, really took the piss. Okay? Mm. This is the thing, if it had been 90 minutes, I would have called it quits. But making me sit there and go through some of the ludicrous, really dumb-headed stuff it tries to pull in the third act. I was like, you are joking. You are taking the piss here. There is, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a montage sequence in the, in the middle where they use the song um, Connection by Elastica. I'm trying to talk around it to not be too spoilery, not that there's much to spoil. Um, and it sort of happens and I'm like, both me, me and Ollie looked at each other and I was like, this is like a scene out of like Toy Story 5 if they ever made one. I was like, what is this scene doing in this movie? And it just made it very, very apparent that this movie has no idea what it wants to be, has no idea how to play. It played, the whole film is played incredibly po-faced, incredibly serious. And I was like, really? You got a you got an animatronic bear. You got an animatronic teddy bear. You're not gonna liven right. this up a bit. But yeah, this sequence in the middle, I mean. I can't, I can't talk about it without spoiling it. And I, I want to be respectful enough to people in case they want to see it, right? Mm. But it, it is so ridiculous. There's also a bit where after the, um, those hoodlums break in and smash up the glass, Josh Hutchison goes back into work and he starts like tidying up and <laughs> mopping up and stuff. And Ollie just turns to me and he was like, oh, I love a cleaning montage in a horror film. That's what really works for me. 
Um, I mean, I, I, it's, it is one of those things, like, I know we say we don't enjoy railing on a movie, yeah, but, sorry, we, but we, we finished this film and we were really annoyed because we were like, this has, at its heart, a perfectly functional horror premise, mm. okay? The game worked. You have an existing IP. This also has a budget. It wasn't made for 20p. This yeah. actually has a budget. You surely, surely, surely could have done better with the resources that you have than this. Mm. I was thinking of all the, talk to me, like another good horror film yeah. this year. I, how many times have we seen a horror film that's made for a shoestring budget, yeah. but it's actually really effective, totally. okay? This has really, really no excuse. And I was really, really annoyed by the end. Genuinely, I'm not making this up. My Louis looked at me at the end of the, the film and I was just stretching my hands and my painful. face. Yeah. It is painful yeah. to watch something so stupid. You can tell it's going nowhere and doing nothing. I, I, oh, it was really, really taxing. And I'm sorry, but it's dull, dull garbage. Could, should do better. F yeah. mark, see me. <laughs> in red pen yeah see me no good detention <laughs> see me i would i would i i genuinely was like what i would name i would watch the nun a thousand times rather than watching the one was pretty bad oh I, I, anything you know that film i mentioned that i really hated with julia louis dreyfus and tobias yeah Menzies? yeah i think i'd rather watch that on loop again mm, i mean i wonder if the <sighs> nun two is better than that it sounds like it maybe just had the You'd, edge i think i think i mean we've seen some crap and uh, yeah. ollie had, had watched the pope's exorcist with russell crowe recently <laughs> yeah. and he was like 10 times better than this really 10 times, ten than, times. Than, i mean wow. the dialogue oh the dialogue is so wooden and do you know what josh hutcherson you should do better as well i know the script is terrible but honestly by the by the end it's like i could i could sense the script supervisor stood next to the camera with the script written out on, yeah. on boards, flipping through it so he could read it without learning his lines. Monotone, rubbish, or all of it. I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted the bears to just eat everyone and get it done with. Off. It was so infuriating. Guys, no, we're coming good. in hot today. Sorry, we, we, these these rarely happen. Garbage. But we are sorry. Absolute that is garbage. The worst one we've seen in two years, you'd say. I'd say, yeah, or even longer, to be honest. Mm. The worst film I've seen recently, straight after yeah. the Julia Louis-Dreyfus one. But, this, yeah. but I, was, I, I definitely, in the, in the time we've been reviewing these films on here, I mean, I've, I've seen some stinkers. That's it's definitely the most animated you've been about bad performance in the film. It, it's that thing again, it's like, you can see a bad film, it's like, whatever. But I was annoyed because I mm. think it took a fairly wide goal. It had a pretty, you know, I know it's really hard to make a movie, but like this had a pretty clear run up to the goal. Yeah. You had a pretty okay setup. Come on, mm. Sorry. I think I was most irritated about Avatar, Way of the Water. Yeah, you did get him Because that was, that. I expected, I think that film should do way better than what it was. Mm. I'm quite disappointed. It's completely separately. Quite disappointed that it had the world's attention and mm. the budget and it had that much time to make a sequel to a very like safe film. And it did that, which I thought was so boring. And it was three hours and 15 minutes long. Mm. And I felt way too overstimulated and just quite disappointed. And upset. Right. It's I like mean, James Cameron. Yeah, you're like, you expect... I'm like, really? Like you, you told a very safe thing to introduce your world and then you follow up with another, like, really sort of uninteresting... And also just on Friday Fest. Yeah, sorry. Fred, sorry. And people are like, oh, no, but there's loads of, like, hints and clues in there about, like, the lore of, um, like, you know, the 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 world. And and, and I'm like, I don't care. It's a game from, what, the I, 90s? Uh, no, no, it's 2014 uh, onwards. Oh, so, oh, fine. It's just lo-fi. Oh, uh, right, okay. But I was like, you... I don't, I don't care. Video I don't game care cast. about the stuff. It's, if it works in the movie and it doesn't. Mm. Terrible. Car crash. Well, there you go, guys. Sorry, you, yeah, we've been really... Yeah, guys, strap in. Um, <laughs> but guys, if you had any thoughts on Five Nights at Freddy's, if you agreed or disagreed with George, please send us in an email to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. We would love to read it out on the show. But I, I can't say to someone, oh, that, we watched a real stink the other day. Go yeah. and watch that. Because it's, it's so dull. It's just that you know it could be better. Like, hmm. similarly with the Marvels, I just finished the Spider-Man 2 PlayStation game. Right. Which is a game that is leagues better at making me care about characters than that $200 million film was. And I'm just like, I know this could yeah. be done better. I, I care about this more. This is more entertaining, more compelling. Even though it borrows from loads of other things, I'm like, oh, like it's original and fun. And it's like, yeah, it's a sequel. And like, that's the uh, movie, four, movie 33 of, of MCU. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just raining. No, you, know you, know you, you, you know what would cheer me up? <laughs> if we read some of our listeners' emails. Let's do it. Time for the emails. 
And now let's read some emails from our sirens all around the globe, like this first email from Madeline, who says, question for the pulpy boys. Hey boys, Mads here from Aotearoa. No, whoa. (laughs) Pronounced Aotearoa. New Zealand. I wish I'd read that pronunciation that you broke down for me phonetically. That was really kind of you to do that before I read that. I knew it meant New Zealand, but I but I didn't have the pronunciation ready. Anyway, hi from New Zealand. Hope you're both doing well. I've been listening to the pod for a while now and have really enjoyed your insights into the film world considering I'm currently studying performing arts and will be graduating at the end of next year aiming to get stuck into it all. You know what I realized both from our emails and from the quiz is that lots of Create production creatives, mm. graphic designers, film adjacent roles. Yes, yeah, quite, yeah. I, I quite like that. Sorry, as you were. Um, my question is: What country have you enjoyed seeing the most depicted on screen? And are there any countries that you would want to travel to for the chance to film a movie? Being so far away from the countries that produce huge films, mm. I always find it so jaw-dropping when a film has been shot in New Zealand. We had lots come here over the start of COVID and it was so surreal. Anyway, thanks for such a fantastic podcast to listen to. I was so sad I, wasn't able to, I wouldn't be able to go to the pub quiz for your 100th celebration. I'd say that if you had turned up from New Zealand, right, you, uh, we would have <laughs> given you first prize straight yeah, yeah. away. That would have been amazing. You'd have gone a big um, hug. <laughs> I would love to do something like a pub quiz online if you ever think about creating it. Mm. Hinted, nudge, nudge. Peace out, Mads, purple heart. James, um, countries you've really enjoyed seeing being portrayed. I've always liked seeing Nepal on in film right. so like recently in the creator uh all of that was shot like nepal thailand mm. cambodia and i've not been to nepal and um what's the other thing set in nepal right? that, yeah like mountainous like himalayas like all these yeah. amazing hiking trips with well, you know the um the colored yes. flags yes. i always think it's very cinematic you've got village huts and mountains mm. in the background mm. i've always wanted to do that and i've always liked that and specifically the creator did cambodia and thailand yeah and, like the sort of wide landscapes very well yeah the, the, new york always but like you know, mm. it's all too obvious. I mean, the thing is, New Zealand is absolutely oh, yeah. one of the top ones. I remember there was a film called Slow West with... Oh, yeah. Did you Fast see that? Bender. No. Yeah, I saw but it. I know off the film. Uh, Fastbender, Cody Smith-McPhee and um, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, that's when Ben Mendelsohn was just being Ben Mendelsohn and, and, and everything. everything, yeah. Um, and it's a Western and it was meant to be... It was set in Wyoming, but they right. shot it in New Zealand, but it doubled up like really well. Yeah. And um, it's just... I mean, I've been to New Zealand... And it's it's fantastic. It's, it's yeah. it, it is genuinely really like the scenery is iconic and stunning. Mm. So seeing it on on screen is great. Also, uh, like American suburbia, mm. like twinkly American suburbia. Mm. I always just want to walk through those like long roads with the repeating trees and the brown leaves. Like John Carpenter kind of term. John Carpenter, hocus pocus, Do anything you, of that ilk. Yeah, but isn't this also the kind of the way it's filmed though? Totally, and it's like idealistic because. Like Lawrence of Arabia in the desert makes the desert look amazing. Yeah. No, I'm not saying I want to go to the desert. <laughs> Desert's like, not amazing, but like, yeah. Selectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be all right. In, in America, How much water have I got? There's something like inherently cinematic about all of America. I mean, there is yeah. like, there is like deep, if you want to get into it, there's like deep academic writing about how America is kind of like a big movie set. Totally. And that it kind of instills. Hollywood first, I know country this, later. this term of main character syndrome is a very new term, but the mm. concept of being kind of like the hyper individual comes through in America. It's basically all around you in the way that America was able to create a place like Hollywood, but then Hollywood in turn then created America. Yeah. And it's just this kind of ever built. That's why places like New York are so iconic because you want, mm. it's basically like a movie set. See like, also Venice. Like late 40s, 50s LA, I think mm. would be so cool to like the paper cardboard sets. Oh. This post like, you know, Americana yeah. boom. I think that would have been brilliant to see. I think Italy. Oh, Italy yeah. just Italy. looks great. Tantum, it, whether Ripley. you're doing a, you know, I mean, I feel like the Tantum Mr. Ripley yeah. or Call Me By Your Name, but yeah. even if you're doing a uh, car scene that chase. Episode of normal in, people. Yeah, even if you're doing a car chase in Mission Impossible 7. Yeah, look good. it looks so chic. White Lotus in Sicily. Yeah. Like, come on. It's, it's fantastic. the chicest Europe, like Lake Como. Oh, I love it. The love end it. of um, Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. It's technically meant to be Venice, but it's shot in a very famous house looking over Lake Como. You know, at the very end when he, like, has I think that's, that. I think that, that like, there has to be. Oh, like, it could be Lake Como. Yeah. I don't, that, that would be, if, if they're trying to double for Venice, yeah. <laughs> it's failed. Also, um, Anakin and Padme's wedding shot in Lake Como, meant to be Naboo. But they, well, they, 
couldn't get the tax credits to go fill in actual laboon. The whole disaster with time um, travel. Madeline Mads, thank you very much. For your this next one is from Max, who writes in titled Baffling Movies. Hello, George and James, brackets James and George. Yeah. I've been watching, listening to your podcast for about a year and a half now, and I absolutely love what you guys do. Get in. I've been watching film content on YouTube for the best part of 10 years, but have never felt as connected as I do to your show. Oh, that's very you. kind. I love it. He's like, yeah, I've been watching YouTube for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> you can say YouTube that now. Completed. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm a 24-year-old Brit living in France, Cur oh, ho, ho, ho. Hey. currently living a is master's that, degree. Is, is that, is that <laughs> currently doing a master's degree in film studies at bordeaux montaigne university you know what i mean film adjacent very sort of film I mean, that's not film adjacent people. that's film that is <laughs> that is just film film studies uh despite having lived abroad for over half my life i still gravitate more to english speaking film criticism rather than french even though there are definitely some fine critics over here your banter wittiness local references and just pure englishness mm. never fail to make me chuckle and remind me of how much my personality is deeply influenced by british culture totally as in like not us, no no but. i'm just thinking like yeah because france the birthplace of carrière du cinema uh, is that is there a question in that just yeah yeah you just paused for comment oh i'm sorry no yeah i thought you were going into sort of thing well i was about to say like you know, it's very. That's just very nice of you to hear. And you know, je voudrais parler avec toi en français, mais mon français est assez mauvais. Parlez-vous anglais, s'il vous plaît? Oh oui. I recently went down to visit my parents who live a little further down south in the Gers region to spend Halloween together. I'm a big horror fan and it's become a tradition in our household that I sit them down and we watch one classic horror movie followed by a modern picture. This year, I chose John Carpenter's The Thing, brackets, one of my absolute favourites, yeah. and Malignant, the most recent James Wan movie that was released a couple of years ago. Yes. To my delight, they both really loved The Thing and were still very much so impressed and freaked out by the wonderful practical effects and the cosmic horror Carpenter managed to create. Mm. Then... I put on Malignant, a movie I had missed when it came out and was desperate to see being a big James Wan fan. I didn't know much going in, only that it was quite controversial at its time of release. Gentlemen, I cannot begin to explain the sheer confusion, disbelief, disappointment, surprise I felt whilst watching this movie. My jaw was on the floor. If either of you have seen it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about in order to not spoil anything. I'll just say that the film is a genre-bending camp horror feature that, in my opinion, doesn't quite know which genre to stick to. Mm. It's messy, spoofy, unscary, and overall unsure of what it means to be. Now, I'm a big fan of Big Swing, but unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't turn out the way you think. Did you see Malignant? No, but I know exactly the movie he's talking about. I've heard of this. I, I, think, I think I know what happens in the end. So I right. think I'm aware of its slightly weird direction. Okay. But uh, is it, does it suck when a scary film is unscary? Is that like one of the most disappointing Fri things? Five Nights at Freddy's yeah, review. See the, yeah, but it's, you know what I mean? Like you, That's like the main thing you've signed yeah. up for. Like Even bad action films have action. Anyway, uh, my question for you is, have there ever been any movies that you've known very little about going in, maybe some expectation of what the overall tone of the film would be, and been absolutely baffled by the end result? Apologies for long email, but I've been meaning to write in for a long time. Keep up the wonderful work, and hope you both know how appreciated your podcast truly is. Oh, Much you. love from your Anglo-French siren, Max. Kiss. You can be our French correspondent, by the way. Yeah, done. Sorted. Um, you're uh, the George. first writer from France. Um, have I ever gone into a film not knowing a lot of them and baffled by the mm. ending? I mean, like, I genuinely didn't know what Parasite was about when I went to yeah. see it. I just knew uh, South Korean film, um, big success. At it wasn't overhyped to me either. No, I just knew it was doing very well. I, I knew it was starting to pick up well on the Oscar circuit. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go see that. I knew it was... Uh, I, I, yeah, I really didn't know. I didn't know whether it was kind of a horror film. I yeah. thought it, I didn't expect the socio-economic commentary. I just thought it'd be maybe a drama. Anyway, that was great. I wasn't baffled by the end. I was blown yeah. away. I think uh, baffled's a big word, but a film that I really couldn't have told you that it would be like this was Magic Mike. Right. I didn't expect it to be like this much more interesting, deeper character drama wannabe deep i don't think it was that definitely successful. wannabe but like, I, the fact that it was taking so much time to tell that story i was like oh also the way, Baffled, the way like, i was like oh it starts as alex petzer's film and then just abandons him totally. it just becomes channing tatum's totally. movie and the fact that it wasn't more more of a shallow uh not chick flick but i don't know muscle movie yeah yeah it's more than that it's trying to be more than that it's shot in an interesting way it kind of goes back to like our underrated movies thing like when you go and watch something yeah. you're like oh I didn't there realize that Dead Deep Water Horizon would be so good. Yeah, I think we we also forget um, before anyone had seen Guardians One, you really had no expectations for Guardians One, mm. and I know it was in the MCU, but the MCU wasn't that experimental then. Mm. And then you go to see it, and you're like, oh, I don't know who these guys guys are, but like they're really funny, and this new style is really different. Again, yeah. baffled, not the right word, but mm. like pleasantly surprised by the result from what you expected. Yeah. Oh, a simple favor. Have you seen that with? Um, 
oh. uh, Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Silly movie. No. But like, you're watching, you're like, what? Yeah. Anyway, there you go. You know what was better than I thought it would be? The, the dawn of the planet of the apes. Yes. I remember seeing I Rise, Rise and thinking, like, I like it. And then someone was like, oh no, Dawn's like really good. And it was really good. And then I, I was like, really? Dawn? And then I saw it, I was like, oh, this is like... And then, <laughs> and then War was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Okay, and this next email... Can't hate Andy Serkis, he's just good in everything. Yeah, it's short though, isn't it? This next email is from Chris. It says, hi, James and George. Just wanted to write in and say that the pub quiz was great the other night and thought oh. the questions were really well written too. Thank you. Also coming in second was nice. Thanks again for the view gift cards. Chris, remember meeting you. Lovely guy. Thanks for coming. It was lovely to meet you both as well. To listeners not able to attend, they're as nice in person as they come across in the pod. He's written it down. It's fact. Will you be doing more events like this in the future? Well, watch this space. Mm -hmm. Also, what's your opinion on seeing films solo? I do it quite a lot and I love it, but I find it weird when leaving with no one to discuss it with, which is why I listen Mm -hmm. to your podcast to get a lot of your opinions. Sirens on our end, Chris. Um, something we've talked about, yeah. touched on a fair bit, but James, seeing films on your own. Yeah, love it in two different ways. One, it has a very functional uh, capacity in that like, sometimes it's easier to just go and see something and mm-hmm. not necessarily have to plan around other people. The amount of films we try and see, it's really good. Also, yeah. there is something to be said about taking yourself for a you day. Yes, and really, a date with yourself. A date with yourself. And yes, while you do lose that immediate reaction of getting to you know have fun with someone while you see it and discuss it afterwards, what you gain is like that film really sitting with you and yourself really processing it and yeah. just taking yourself to go and see a thing. It's all encompassing very much more. It can be more absorbing in, in some senses. I agree. I, I really like going. I, it's up there with my preferred way of seeing a film sometimes. Yeah. But I do, I do like seeing films with my friends. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. And, and in a way, they bring different things out of you. But going to see a film alone is absolutely fine and, and necessary. Like, yeah. I'm starting to realize that like going to the cinema is as important for like you and society as like going to the gym is. Yeah. Like, it's a very, I think like societally healthy. And just to pick just something to off the there. menu and just go, oh, I'm just going to go and take myself to do yeah. that tonight. And, and I'll just lose two. Hours. Like functionally, like we will go and see big, exciting films sometimes together and with friends. Like we'll go and see like event IMAX films together. Like Oppenheimer, we saw it like four of us, like you, your girlfriend, yeah. my cousin. That's really exciting because you're there and it's like a sense of excitement. And then I take myself to see it the second time to really get a sense of what that film's about. Yeah. And it's like, I, I saw it in the morning and I settled in yeah. and they just have very different equally yeah. valuable and you don't have uh, to worry about whether because you know sometimes if you see a film and the person you're seeing it with is not enjoying it yeah it can really pull you out of it yeah so i don't need to con- i don't you know sometimes you're like do you want to see this film and the person like could be partner or friend is like who's in it what's it about mm. what who directed it and i kind of am like i don't want to have to convince you to yeah. see this because sometimes i don't even think it's going to be good yeah. but i want to see it regardless that's it. Uh, this last one is from Bennett, who writes into the show. Oh, Bennett. Bennett. And says, Hi, uh, James and George. Get some steam, Bennett. James, James and George. George and James. Firstly, congratulations on your 100th episode. I Thank meant you. to send an audio message for it, but I suppose I'll have to wait until episode 150 or 200. Should we bring the voice notes back? I quite I, like I them. think if you really want to send a voice note, just do it. We'll Guys, I hereby declare that if you want to send in a voice note as your correspondence, you have... Permission. Permission. This could completely change everything. The landscape of everything. The landscape of film criticism is increasingly simplistic and combative. I applaud you two for running in the other direction. Mm. Oh, combative. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Combative. Combative. Recently. <laughs> yeah. Combative? It's combative? <laughs> Recently, I saw Priscilla. <laughs> Recently, I saw Priscilla, which I thought was rather excellent. I find, uh, Please go and check out my review of Priscilla from the London Film Festival from a few weeks ago. I find Sophia Coppola to be an incredible talent, with Bling Ring being one of my unexpected favourites. I truly love how much she loves to let the camera linger on a given moment. Do you know what I mean? When we, say one, when we stay on a shot for a few seconds longer than you would expect, it is paradoxically lending itself to, a sort, to both a sort of realism and dreamlike quality. Generally, she knows how to create a vibe in each of her films. I'm wondering, is there a film or filmmaker that you love primarily because of the vibe? And then he has some other stuff to say. Let me think on that. Of the vibe. The vibe. You watch it just for the vibe. Yeah. Like just they bring an energy and a vibe. Definitely. I need to think about it though. I, think I, I don't know if I would attribute that to one filmmaker. Yeah. More just to like films in general. 
Separately, I know reaction to Oppenheimer was positive, but not quite as fervently as others, which is fair. I'm not here to change your minds. Personally, I think it might be my favorite Christopher Nolan film. I bring this up now because I had recently read the screenplay for Oppenheimer, mm. which is now on sale. As a screenwriter waiting in the wings, reading screenplays has always proved to be worthy education for me. I highly recommend giving it a read if you feel so inclined. It was mentioned briefly on the film's press tour, but in the script, all of the action lines in the color scenes are written in the first person as Oppenheimer, while the action in the black and white scenes is written in the traditional third person. It's unusual, but it did help draw me into the script, and it helped with tracking the structure as well, leading this into an actual question so I'm not wasting your time. Have you ever read a script for a film you'd already seen? Which script was your favorite to read? Have you ever read a script that made you like the finished film more? Thank you, too, for your time. Hope all is well in your lives. I'm pretty sure I'll be emailing again once I see the killer. Take care in the meantime. Best, Bennett. Thank you, Bennett. Uh, to answer your question about have I read a screenplay, yeah, but not for a long time. I did it no. a lot when I was late teens, early 20s. Yeah. I have screenplays on my bookshelf and I can read those out for you. Those are Burn After Reading, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. These Criterion Collection. Diner. Ones. No, they're, no, just, they're screenplays. just screenplays. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Diner, Goodfellas, uh, Before Sunset, Before Sunrise. Um, I think that's I think that's it. But anyway, I I used to yeah read them and I I find it actually quite a useful experience. And every time I picked up a, mm. a screenplay since you know that you can get Succession as a screenplay, which I think oh, reads be better actually yeah. in a way. Um, it's really interesting to flick through. I think oh, I would like to do this more, but uh, it's been a while. But mm. the best one, well, obviously the before films, because that just got so much dialogue in there. Yeah, I uh, when I adapted Revolution Road as a stage play, I read the screenplay mm. and used that for a lot. But it's quite interesting to read it. But yeah, I've heard that about Oppenheimer, mm. the first person Oppenheimer things, which is interesting because he doesn't narrate no. the film. Um, but yeah, guys, Bennett, thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys sending the emails. Don't forget, if you wanted to send an email into the show, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. So make sure you do that, guys. And now, George, it's time to sunset the episode with a game. Yay! George, don't forget, every episode of Pulp Kitchen ends... With a game. With a game. George, today I've got two rounds of two games for you. We are going to do two rounds of this or that quick fire. I give you two things. You have to tell me which one you prefer in very quick fire. No thinking. We've done it before. You're going to Got enjoy it. it again. These can be films. These can be actors. These can be directors. These can be... That's about it. That's okay. about it all they could be. Got it. Next, we've got two rounds, back to popular demand from you, of co-star countdowns. This is when I choose an, actor's for, an actor, and then I list all of their co-stars, and you have to tell me which film those two actors were in together. Got it. But first, this or that, quick fire. You have to tell me which one of these you prefer. George, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, which one of these do you prefer? Attack of the Clones or The Rise of Skywalker? Ooh. Quick. I don't, neither. I've, I, no, quick. I, well, Attack of the Clones because I haven't seen Minority it in Report years. or War of the Worlds? Um, Minority Report. Ex Machina or Nightcrawler? Ex Machina. Mamma Mia or Footloose? I've not seen either. Batman or Spider Man? Batman. Grease or Mary Poppins? Grease. Mozzarella or Parmesan? Mm, Parmesan. La La Land or Moonlight? La La Land, maybe. Oscar Isaac or Adam Driver? Uh, ooh, Adam Driver. Michelle Pfeiffer or Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. Scarface or Heat? Heat. Silence of the Lambs or Seven? Mm, Quick. Seven. Mulan no, or Silence Aladdin? Of the Lambs. I Silence of the Lambs. Seven, I've seen it more times. Mulan or Aladdin? Uh, Aladdin. Last one. Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld? Larry David. Really sort of took the piss there with the amount of time you took. No, you asked me You're not allowed to think. But what, why, I told you not I to think. I have no opinion about Attack of the Clones. It's about what gut. Yeah, but it's like, about gut. I'm not seeing... You disrespect the game and frankly you disrespect yourself. I'm sorry guys. I can't, I, can't, I can't give you I'm an answer. I'm sorry to the audience. There is no gut feeling if I've not seen the film. <laughs> and also I'm set... Also, I, 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 Never saw Mamma Mia? I think I would, would take Moonlight over La La Land but I've only seen Moonlight once. Right. Okay. This is why it's hard, James. I know it's hard. Um... You never saw Mamma Mia? Nope. Seen on stage. Okay. But my, I, I, I would watch it. I just, I, I just yeah. missed, I missed it. <laughs> you missed the hype. I was watching The Dark Knight <laughs> in cinemas. I saw it with my mum. Good. That's probably the right way to see it. Right, George, you ready for your I next am. round of Quickfire? George, Quickfire, tell me which of these you prefer. Harry Potter or Star Wars? Star Wars. The Coen Brothers or the Safdie Brothers? Coen Brothers. Seth Rogen or Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell. Inside Out or Coco? Coco. The Dark Knight Rises or Tenet? Dark Knight Rises. Goodwill Hunting or Requiem for a Dream? Mm. 
Uh, Requiem for a Dream. The Departed or The Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of Wall Street. Lasagna or Spaghetti Bolognese? Spaghetti Bolognese. Interesting. Knocked Up or Super Bad? Super Bad. Michael Keaton or Val Kilmer? Michael Keaton. Gone with the Wind or Gone Baby Gone? Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> Not seen Gone with the Wind. Stranger Things or The Crown? Stranger Things, actually. Jurassic Park or Taxi Driver? Um, a Taxi Driver? There Will Be Blood or The Truman Show? Oh, James. I guess there will be blood. The Godfather or Shawshank Redemption? You know, I guess it's probably Godfather. <laughs> there were a couple of hard ones in there, weren't they? But splitting hairs. And it's also yeah. hard. Like It's very hard to measure... Yeah, big things. Yes, with a with a small measurement, which I guess is the entire point of this yes, game. Totally. Some of those questions don't even relate. Like, no. there will be blood. Gone with the wind, or gone, baby, gone. <laughs> I like the silly ones. The silly yeah. they are, the funny. The silly ones are good. You said uh, Wolf of Wall Street over Departed. Well, I actually probably would. T- the thing is, I've seen, I've just seen the Departed a lot. Yeah, and so I kind of know all the beats it. Whereas Wolf of Wall Street, because of its length and its speed, mm. I think you can kind of get more out of it. Right, yeah. You know, like, you know, the departed, I'm like, well, I know what happens at the end. Sure, know, it's things, a rewatch. Martin Sheen. You probably need to wait for quite a few years before you can go, I'll sure. watch the departed Whereas again. there's so much in the Wolf of Wall Street happening just so goes. quickly. Yeah. All right, George. Thank now you. we're moving on to your first round of co-star countdown. Got it. I'm going to give you an actor, and then I'm going to give you a bunch of their co-stars. You have to tell me what film they are in together. Okay. Your first co-star countdown actor is... Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, crikey, okay. He's been around. He has. He's done a lot. He's yeah. done many films, and he's been with many co-stars. George, are you ready? George, name the Joaquin Phoenix movie from his co-star. Ready? Mel Gibson. Uh, uh, wind. Oh, signs. Yes, Russell Crowe. Uh, <laughs> Gladiator. Yes, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, pass. Village. Oh. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, inherent Vice. Walk the Line is what I was going for. But oh, yeah, that's but yeah, fine. she's in Inherent Vice. Casey well. Affleck. Um, Casey Affleck. Um, oh, yeah. I'm still here. Oh. Vanessa Kirby. Napoleon. Yes. Robert De Niro. Uh, Drogue uh, uh, Joker. Yes. Nathan Lane. Nathan? New film. New film. Nathan Lane. Bo is Afraid. Oh. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, uh, um, the one he did. Uh, oh God, this is not him. So hard. The, not the, him. Her. Yes. Her. Josh Brolin. Uh, you already <laughs> said it. Uh, what, what? Inherent Vice. Oh. Rooney Mara. Um. Uh. Stop. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> you really oh. struggled today. Rooney. Where did they? Mary Magdalene. Yes. Emma Stone. Irrational man. Last one, John C. Riley. The Sisters Brothers. <laughs> the fireworks on our end. That's you really so struggle hard. with that That's one. It's really hard. It is hard. It's because he's got such a niche filmography. It is, it, he does jump around. This next one is actually, I thought, a bit harder because I thought you'd do well on that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go for that. How Come many on. did you get? Did you get any faster uh, than George? Right, George, your next actor for co star countdown is none other. Sorry, fireworks on our end. We're, it's Diwali. Oh. Uh, the next actor in Co-Star Countdown is none other than Kate Blanchett. Right. Or Kate Blanchet, as the French would say. Carte Blanche. Carte Blanche. Ready? Tell me which... Name the <laughs> name Kate Blanchett yeah. movie from the co-star. Ready? You have to name me the Kate Blanchett film from her co-star. Ready? Mark Strong. Tar. Yes. Rooney Mara. Uh, uh, Christmas. Uh, Carol. Yes. Jeff Goldblum. With Kate Blanchett. Taika Waititi. Thor Ragnarok. Sandra Bullock. Uh, um, uh, They're all women. Ocean's Eight. Yes. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Uh, Benjamin Button. Yes. Chris Case, Benjamin Button. Viggo Mortensen. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Any of them. Alec Baldwin. Blue Jasmine. Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. Revol- no. No. No, 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 um, recent. Uh, I don't look up. Yes. Is she, who's she in that? Yes, she's like the news reporter with, okay. uh, with Tyler Perry. That's right. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Terrible movie. 
Disturbia? No, Indiana Jones, The Kingdom of the oh. Crystal Skull. Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell, oh God. Ru- <laughs> Robin Hood. Oh. Bradley Cooper. Stop. <laughs> Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. I can't see them together. Nightmare Alley. Leonardo DiCaprio again. Again? Yeah. Uh, planes. Uh, trains. No. Um, uh, planes. The Wattiator. Aviator. <laughs> yeah. uh, Judy Dench. Shakespeare in Love. No, no, George. No. She's not in that. Um, what on a what? Uh, what on a what? Notes on scandal. Yes. <laughs> Last one. Matt Damon. The Monuments Men. Oh, maybe. I think she did I was that. Going for the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, but, but I think she's okay, in the Monuments. I'll give Monuments Men. <laughs> I've just remembered why we don't play this game you, anymore. You, because I hate it. You do. You were loving it last week. You were firing them off. I'm not. I you really, were loving it last I week. I really have to be in the right frame of mind. That is hard. That is really hard. <laughs> I, I so like for example, I did like Judy Dench knows the scam was kind of hard even though you got that one. I think she, instead of doing Harrison Ford for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I did Shia LaBeouf. But that's hard because it's like she's not the lead in all these she's films. The no, she's not the lead. And like, and like, like Jeff Goldblum, like, why wouldn't you say Chris I know, Hemsworth? Because I thought it was too easy. I thought I'd make it hard on you, but you actually kind of struggled, which is fine. <laughs> It's just funny that last week and it's there for everyone dear. He was like, oh, let's play more. Have you got another round? I gave him with more rounds. No more, and you no didn't more rounds enjoy it. I, I, I hubris. I, I got what I, I got what I asked for. Literally. Well, if you're as exhausted as George, don't worry. That is the end of the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hot Kitchen. Don't forget, we post new episodes of this show every single Wednesday. If you'd like to see that game cut into a one-minute social on uh, Instagram or TikTok, then you'd need to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and all other things like and subscribe and give us a full review and five star rating on spotify whatever mm-hmm. podcast platform you're listening to if they do reviews like rate apple it. podcast do comment on it rate yeah. it share it with your friends subscribe to youtube if you send it as a link to your friends saying listen to the show it all helps the algorithm oh yeah that'd be great there's a share button on your spotify yeah. These add, guys it, to your, are add great. it to your story as well there's a huge thing for us we really appreciate it yeah because we can't grow without your help and we really thank you for it so i'm sorry my brain is still fried from that game <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week. Next week for episode 103. Got Napoleon out there. Napoleon out there and yeah. much more. Much more. See you then. Have a great week, guys. And don't forget, just before I do that, we've got a bonus. Look out for that bonus yes, coming. Bonus coming Friday. The Loki bonus. Yeah. George Saw, The Killer, and How to Have Sex. And we discuss those. Go check it out on Friday. That's all. Bye. See you next Wait week. Bye.